Hello everyone, I'm Mickey Gibbs, Midland County Great Start Collaborative Director here in Michigan and a facilitator for our Community Listens. For today, we're going to take a little bit of time to look at the five reflective listening skills and how we can use them with the children and teens in our lives. Uh, first of all, I want you to know how important it is that you're taking a few moments to possibly explore some different strategies that you can use as a parent because parenting is a growth process. We are learning all the time how to do it differently, how to do it better to improve our relationship and connection with the children in our life. So today for the five reflective listening skills, we need to take a moment to just imagine that the child in our life or the teen in our life has a problem. It could be a problem with a person. It could be some change or an event that's occurring in the world around them. Or it might be because you came to them and said, I have a problem with your behavior. And immediately what happens as a result of that problem that your child or teen is having is their brain state is out of balance. Two of the very important parts of a child or teen's brain is logic and emotion. Those happen in separate areas of their brain. And the emotional part of their brain is the stubborn part of the brain. And it will win over, a logic, when, over logic when it is heightened. So if their emotional level is very high, it's very difficult for them to think logically. If you think about a child drowning in emotion, you cannot teach a child to swim if they are drowning. You can't expect your child to act or think logically if they are drowning in emotion. And listening is how we can help our child bring their emotional level down a little bit and return to a state of balance so they can think logically through their problem or the change that is occurring for them. When emotion is out of balance, children sometimes misbehave, or they might hurt others emotionally or physically, or they might withdraw. But it's not about the problem, it's about the child. So what can we do and how can we use reflective listening to help that child? Let's go through these skills one at a time, and then we'll talk about what these skills can do over time, being used over and over to help our relationship with our child. So the first skill is attending behavior. It is being fully present. That would include eye contact, an open posture, leaning in, nodding, and it means you're not physically distracted. You're not on your phone. You're not doing the laundry. You are paying attention to your child. Now with young children, you might need to get down on their level. And I will tell you that sometimes with teens, when you're listening and you're present with them, sometimes they are still on their phone because they're still learning things like attending behavior and paying attention. As long as you are responsible for your behavior and make sure that you are present with them, that's what's important in the moment. The second skill is acknowledgements. Acknowledgements include head nods or expressive eyes, or maybe verbally you might say, uh-huh, or yes, I see. It's the verbal expressions or the nonverbal expressions that say to your child, I'm listening to you, I'm here, and I hear what you are saying. The third skill is door openers. And door openers, sometimes in the beginning when you first try them, might feel a little awkward because they are encouragements for your child or teen to keep talking. They are not questions. They don't stop the conversation and give control over to you. They help your child stay in control of the conversation. It's a statement, not a question. 
things like tell me more about that or I'm listening or talk more about that. It's keeping the door open for your child to keep talking. They have control over the conversation and you're allowing them to maintain that control. The fourth skill for reflective listening is silence. And silence can sometimes be difficult for many of us. Silence means you're quieting your mind and you're quieting yourself externally. So internally and externally. And it's hard. Our brains are just full every day of things we're thinking about. We've got our to-do list. We have emails we have to send, phone calls we need to make, responses that we want to give to people. But what's important in the moment when your child is upset, their emotion is heightened, and they need to vent that emotion out to be able to think logically, is you don't need to forget all your thoughts. If you can imagine that you're going to put your thoughts on a leash and you can bring them back later when you need them, it's time to focus on your child. So silence internally. You are not thinking about those meetings. You're not thinking about those conversations or the things you have to do. You're focusing on what they are saying to you. Now silence externally means simply not saying anything. And sometimes if we think we have been quiet long enough, I would encourage you to wait. It might feel a little awkward, but you will be surprised after a period of silence what more your child will share with you. I often have to work pretty intentionally to do this with my two teenagers. I have a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old. And sometimes I think they're done. But if I give it another maybe 30 seconds to a minute and I'm silent, they all of a sudden start opening back up again. And it's their invitation to talk. And that builds trust with me. The fifth skill is the reflective response. The reflective response is when we send back the facts and the feelings of what we hear from our child or teen. Sounds to me like, and then you state back the facts and the feelings. It seems like you are, and again, facts and feelings. Even if you are not correct about the facts and the feelings of the problem or the situation, you can listen more and you can say it again. So as your child is sharing with you, try to capture, number one, what is going on? What's the facts of the situation? Number two, what are the feelings your child is having? So let's go over those first five skills again, and then we're going to talk a little bit about empathy. We have attending behavior, being fully present, acknowledgments, head nods, uh-huh, yes, I see, door openers. Again, with door openers, these are encouragements, they are statements. Tell me more, I'm listening, they are not a question. Silence, internally and externally, and the reflective response. We're stating back, after they talk a little bit, we're stating back the facts and the feelings of what is going on. So those are the five reflective listening skills, but the key to all of this is that it is done with empathy. And the key to empathy is simply for ourselves, identifying the feeling that you think they're having, which you're probably already trying to do because of that reflective response. You're trying to capture that feeling so that they feel heard. Now just recall a similar feeling that you have had and feel it with them. Because empathy fuels connection. It's not about judgment. It just recognizes the feeling and it says, it doesn't really say out loud that you've been there before, but when you can identify with that feeling internally, then that provides that feeling of empathy and you're feeling it with them. 
So what happens if we practice these five reflective listening skills? I'll be honest, when I first learned these, I thought, first of all, can I really do this? And second, can I do it regularly enough that it becomes habit for me? It takes intentionality and it takes practice, but we can change our behavior. If I asked you starting tomorrow to brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand, it's not that it's hard and it's not that you can't do it, but you have to be intentional. You have to think every morning and every night, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be doing this with the other hand and you have to practice it. But after a period of time, you would be brushing your teeth with that new hand. That's a little bit like what it's like to change our behavior when it comes to parenting skills. Trying new parenting skills means we're doing something different. Our brain has muscle memory and we need to change that muscle memory over time. Using the five reflective listening skills also really helps us to stay in a logical place while our child is emotional. And that's where they need us to be. They need us to maintain logic while they're venting out all of their emotion. We also encourage our child's emotional intelligence to develop by number one, we're labeling feelings. Remember that facts and feelings part? We're putting words to the feelings. And for a young child, this is incredibly important because it's part of vocabulary development. We are being empathetic, which teaches them to learn to be empathetic. And we are recognizing the emotions that they are ha having. Our child learns that their emotions are okay. We also encourage our child to return to a state of logic and begin to creatively solve their own problems. Because as that emotional level comes down and the logical level goes up, they might be able to think for themselves. How am I gonna handle the situation? How am I going to solve the problem? Or what am I going to do differently? And first and foremost, we improve our connection with our child. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to helping you more in the future.